0: Before we dive into today's episode, did you know that the Fearless You monthly coaching program has finally launched? So if you're looking to dream big, live with more intention, and take things to the next level, all with the support of me and a fantastic community, make sure to check out dreambigmyfriend.com forward slash fearless you. I genuinely cannot wait to work with you inside this super affordable membership group. And until then, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome my friends to this episode, how are you all going? So this episode is going to be a little bit of a fun one, a trip down memory lane, which is especially important if you're a parent, because this episode is stemmed from the fact that we were having a conversation about how life was different back when I was growing up versus the way that kids grow up now. And one of the things that are really evident to me is the level of patience that we had, like we were forced to develop when we were young, back in the 80s or back in the 90s versus the amount that they have now, it's really different. So as a child growing up in the 1980s, so I was born in 1975. So my pivotal years of childhood in teen years, it was like from five to 15, I was stuck in the 80s. Our life was so different then than the world that we know now. My kids probably even call it the olden days. And technically speaking, it does feel like it was a different century. And I've suddenly become one of those old people. Cause you know, young people think that we're old now. Who lived before the internet was even a thing. Even worse in their eyes is the fact that like a cordless phone wasn't around when I was young. I think it became a thing when I was like long into my teenage years. But the funny thing is like the more time passes, the more that I actually look back at those days with so much fondness and nostalgia because I actually miss the simplicity that existed back then. Even though technology is totally great, sometimes ignorance was bliss. like we didn't know anything different. As kids, we didn't know any better, and because we didn't know better, we still lived these amazing lives without all the bells and whistles that our kids have now. Now, I know that there are plenty of memes created about growing up in the 80s. My kids had to tell me what a meme was a few years ago, I didn't even know what one was. But here is my own personal in-depth report, all the things that come to mind when I think of life in the 80s. So I think this is a really fun episode for me to record because I like to document this sort of stuff. And also, if you're listening to it, maybe it'll like spark up some memories that you might want to share with your own kids because it's a good conversation to have like the difference between our life when we were young versus now. And that's probably why our kids are so different because they live a different life. So here goes. Okay, so I've jotted down some notes, but we're going to take a trip down memory lane. So growing up in the 80s. First, when it came to manners and discipline. So back when I was young, children were seen but not heard. It was a popular saying. We were taught to respect our elders and do what we were told. So we didn't ever dare talk back. We didn't dare to question things, at least not out loud. Maybe we like would huddle together and we'd have a conversation. And many of us would actually get a smack if we misbehave. Like some parents use wooden spoons, some use belts. My own mum made me go out and pick my own twig or stick. It was from this tree for a hiding. That's what she called it. And, but I was smart, so I obviously picked the smallest one. But fear was a good motivator to keep us in line back then. Some of those tactics worked. Now, I'm not saying that I advocate that because I haven't chosen to do that with my own kids. But for whatever reason, back then, it happened to everyone. We'd all get a smack if we were naughty. And we sort of learned to listen because parents back then didn't pamper their kids. They didn't think that we had all these right. It wasn't that sense of entitlement. We just did what we were told because we thought parents had eyes in the back of their head and that they'd always find out. And I remember like even back at school, the teachers were allowed to give us a smack like or they could hit us with a ruler, we'd get into trouble. And our parents never questioned what the teachers did. Like if they gave us a grade, that was the grade you got. If you got into trouble and you got detention, you got that detention. There wasn't like this whole thing where the teachers had to answer those to the parents. Like it was the other way around. The parents answered to the teachers and whatever the teachers did and said, that was the way it went. Now for relationships, so I think that back in the 80s, I noticed that a lot of us didn't confess our deepest feelings to our parents. Not saying that every kid goes and has these deep conversations with their parents nowadays, but I feel like there's a more open line of communication happening. I mean, back then, we went mushy with our I To like parents skipped the birds and bees, like usually, because we didn't even have it at school back then. There wasn't this whole big puberty talk, like here in Australia in year five, you talk about puberty, and in year six, you talk about the birds and the bees. But they just assumed that we would work it out sooner or later on our own. And we knew that they loved us like because they put a roof over our head. They kept us fed. Like, that was enough to make us feel loved. It wasn't about getting a new Xbox or getting a new toy or getting something. Like, if we had a fight with our friends, our parents didn't usually try to resolve it. Like, it it happened on its own accord. In fact, they probably didn't even know what was going on for us. And now for entertainment. So, ooh, that wasn't that different in the 80s. So, like, when we woke up early in the morning... I know that it never crossed my mind to go and wake up my parents. Like I remember being allowed to like go straight to the TV. It's almost like they trained us go to the TV on TV. Like this is how you turn it on, and you have to be quiet. Like while it's still dark. Like we didn't have cable TV. We didn't have Netflix back then. Or when I was little, there were only five channels. And if we woke up before six o'clock, there was a static signal here in sydney australia it was like sps channel and that made that we were up too early and i remember like i was always scared just in case i woke up and i saw the thunderbirds because i was like really scared of those puppets so, like i wanted to get the the partridge family or i think it was leave it to be all those old school tv shows but we knew never to make too much noise in case we woke up our parents we didn't think of like running and jumping into our parents but it was never an option for me it was more like go to the tv And the children's shows like cartoons, they actually only played back in the mornings. And then there was this like long stretch of day where the TV only played shows geared towards adults. And then you had to wait till the afternoon. So if we were really desperate to like watch TV in the middle of the day, not that we really did, but it was like an Elvis Presley movie, a Shirley Temple one, maybe Jerry Lewis midday movie. But we also had to live by one rule. Like you had to sit back from the TV because you didn't want to have to wear glasses later on. That's what they used to tell you. Like, you know, don't be glued to the TV. And I think that the correct magic distance was like five times the length of the TV. That's how they measured it. But the TV screens were so much smaller back then. So that will probably was like two or three meters back. Who knows? But it's nothing like what it is now. Like now when you get a screen that's like a meter long, I actually don't think it's even possible to sit back five meters away. But The truth was we actually didn't depend on the TV for entertainment. I know that we got our first VHS player the summer that I finished year six. So this is like going into high school here in Australia because our grades are year seven to 12 for high school. But back then, like if you miss seeing a movie at the cinemas, you actually had to wait till it's screened on TV as a big Sunday night movie. And then like, we'd be so excited. Like we'd be waiting for the first showing of like ET or Back to the Future. Like we waited so long. Sometimes it was, like a year before it came onto TV. And that was the highlight of the week. Like it was advertised in TV. It's like, oh, this is a Sunday night movie so you gather with your family and you like you'd wait for that it was almost like a year post movie cinemas that's when it would come onto tv but once the vhs cassettes became the rage every kid in town could be found on a friday night and a saturday night in the local video store trying to rent out their favorite movie like the store our local store was like crowded and buzzing with activity like desperate to get our next must-see movie fix and I know that it costs $2 to rent a movie for a week or it was like $5 for a new release movie for one night. And the late fees were something that you pretty much wanted to avoid because pretty much it was like the same amount. So if you've paid $5 for one night, you've got to pay $5 a night. So you have to make sure that you get it back to the store in time. And I think that all of us have had like that one experience where you forgot to give a video back and then you ended up getting slammed with charges and then you'd have to almost like come up with a new identity just to get a new car because you didn't want to pay that $20 or whatever. That was like massive money back then. So we didn't have things like a PS4. We didn't have a Wii. We didn't have an Xbox. Like the closest thing to an electronic game that I remember was like a Game & Watch or the Atari like came out later on. But of course, my parents didn't think that it was a good thing to purchase because they didn't want us sitting in front of the TV all day. Instead, the things that we all really wanted, we wanted a Cabbage Patch kid we wanted a Rubik's Cube, we wanted the Viewmaster, we want, I wanted a My Child, though, that was my, my big thing. We wanted an Etch a Sketch, Simon says, Care Bears, like the Barbies, like we played with our toys, like, and we loved those toys because we didn't have too many, like we just, we'd get them on our birthdays. It wasn't like going to the shops and buying something randomly, like you waited for Christmas and birthday to make things happen. And I seriously don't think that my mom ever rushed the shop to buy us something that I wanted. Like nowadays, like a kid wants something and it's like, okay, we'll go get it for you. Well, I remember the shops being closed on a Sunday. You couldn't even go to the shops on a Sunday and it never crossed my mind to ask for something if it wasn't close to my birthday or Christmas. I think that we were all used to hearing no and going without, but it didn't feel like we were all lacking anything because we were all sort of in the same boat. So when it came to playtime in the 80s, Kids were encouraged to go outside to play after school in the street. So I lived in a cul-de-sac. We just had to be home in time for dinner. Dinner was normally, well, I had an early dinner, so we'd actually eat when we came home from school, but everyone else, like the moment the streetlights came on, that was home time. Now we actually wouldn't wear a watch. Like the moment the sun went down and the streetlights came on, that was our indicator. It's like, okay, playtime's over. You've got to go and you couldn't stay out after dark. We would play games like hide and seek, tag, blind man's buff. I remember loving that one. Hopscotch, red Rover, Simon Says, duck, duck, goose, sly fox, and stuck in the mud. We played it obsessively and our weekdays weren't jam-packed with any after-school activities like i can't remember maybe other kids were doing it but i definitely wasn't and if we did play a sport like it was somehow connected to the school and our parents expected us to take care of that organizing Like i remember playing netball and i would just go to netball practice by myself and i'd walk home there was this assumption that we just would be organizing that stuff ourselves. And we would walk home alone after training, and we they our parents would assume that we would just get home safe. We had the freedom to do whatever we wanted to do, like in our local area, without parents watching over our every action. Uh, I can't remember having supervised a play dates. Like if someone came over to play, we just played. Like I don't think my parents even knew what I was doing. Even though I'm gonna say, like, I behaved really well, but it wasn't there was no like helicopter parenting. Or our parents hovering over our everything that we did. Now, I think it's interesting to note that most of the things that we played with or the equipment at a park would now be considered to be super dangerous. Like the slides were so tall and they were made of this metal that would just burn our bottoms as we slid down. We would fly off those little merry-go-round things, roundabouts, as they spun around super fast. We would often walk to the park by ourselves and we'd be encouraged to play with fireworks on special occasions. And if we got a grazed knee, our parents didn't sometimes even bother with a band-aid or a plaster, whatever you call it. They didn't really fuss about a little bit of blood, sweat, and tears. It was like, oh, you'll be fine, like it's all good. Now, also, when it came to birthday parties and presents, there were no over-the-top birthday parties that I can remember. Like instead, we were lucky to have like a few parties as we were going up with our school friends and then they'd sort of like the parents would like tick it off, oh yeah, you've had a birthday party. It wasn't like every single year we're going to make a big fuss about it. It was just like sometimes a quiet celebration or sometimes no celebration at all. I remember having a birthday, not having a party at all. And there was such a difference with the amount of gifts that we used to get, like we would get one present or maybe two presents. And it felt so thrilling just to get those few precious gifts. So I remember one year, like I got roller skates. I was so excited, but it was just roller skates. And another year I got a Walkman and it was just the Walkman. So when it came to like parties, like if you ever had a party, the parents didn't organize it like outside at like time zone or clown town or all those designated sort of party areas. It was just really, really simple. And parents often kept catering so simple. It was like, often junky stuff and red cordial and maybe some meat pies here in australia and like cheesels they're like the really cheesy chips and maybe some fairy bread but really simple and sometimes like we play a few games like it was like pass the parcel musical chairs but there was always any one prize at the end and it wasn't always a birthday kid so it wasn't like everyone walked away with a lolly i don't remember ever getting a lolly bag or my parents making a lolly bag they didn't, definitely didn't always give out treat bags at the end of the party. I feel like there was this general consensus when we were growing up. You didn't always get what you wanted. Like sometimes we had to miss out and it was totally okay. And I actually remember like this is unrelated to entertainment, but I remember being back at school and they used to give out like a weekly award. And I remember there was a teacher's pet in one of my years and she literally got the award Every single week, every single week for the whole year, she got the award. And that just wouldn't happen nowadays. Like, okay, obviously it was a little bit unfair, but we just got used to it. We just got used to the fact that sometimes we're not going to get it and that's okay. And I know when it came to like presents, Santa usually brought one or two presents and it wasn't always from our Christmas wish list. There, we didn't get like a massive pile of gifts and there was no compulsion on behalf of parents to spend hundreds of dollars trying to make us happy. We got used to sometimes being disappointed and we were sort of all in the same boat together. So let's actually talk more about the school thing. So if kids obviously walked to school back then, or if you're walking distance, you would walk. And parents often didn't like investigate a dozen schools first to see which one had the best academic achievement results. Often we just got sent to whatever was the closest one to us. And at school, teachers were allowed to smack you. I already said that if you didn't behave, like my fourth grade teacher, I used to have a rolled up newspaper that was rumored to have like a wooden rod inside. And if the boys misbehaved, they were taken outside. They got a little beating. I think I just remember they'd always be crying. Now, I know that definitely wasn't a good thing. And that's probably one of the ways that we've improved since then. But generally speaking, like really bad behavior. If you're a boy, you got the cane and with the girls, you had to write out the dictionary. That was like the punishment here. No one could actually confirm that dictionary rumor because out of all of the girls, like everyone was too scared to misbehave. But that was the rumor. But the boys definitely got the cane. And parents didn't complain about the discipline system at school or the report cards. Like I said before, my parents didn't even know what my homework was or if I had an assessment due or an assignment. And they didn't force me to study. They just expected that we would do it on our own. And I remember if we did something wrong, like we'd had to get up and we had to face the wall in the corner of the classroom for timeout, like you literally, even if you were a teenager, you could get put into timeout. And we were often told you get what you get and you don't get upset. And there was no trophies or ribbons for participation. Sometimes the same kid, like I said before, teacher's pet, they received the award, same award every single week for a whole year. I don't think that any of the teachers obsessed about if our feelings were getting hurt. At lunchtime, we would still play hopscotch, marbles, and elastics with our friends. Our parents would pack us food that wasn't always considered to be healthy. We were obsessed with learning new string tricks, cat's cradle. We loved that. For music time, we still had to learn the recorder. It probably drove our parents crazy if we ever had to practice, but guess what? I'm sure they didn't make us practice. And for art, I remember mastering the art of macrame and Uh, the other thing is because there was no internet i do remember like you all had encyclopedia britannica so that's what you wanted it was your go-to reference so for kids who are curious about how their parents came into the possession of this fantastic encyclopedia britannica they had door-to-door salesmen that used to walk around and if your parents opened the door they would be given a whole spill about how important knowledge is etc but those encyclopedias cost i think two thousand dollars that's how much i think my parents paid back in the 80s or 90s i think by 90s it was already phasing out and that was what you did your school reports using those encyclopedias so our reports probably all sounded the same because it was either the library or those encyclopedias there was no such thing as internet back then actually i can just see that i've noted so it was $1,400 for a full 32-volume print edition of the Encyclopedia Botanica, which sounds totally crazy, but guess what? My parents actually still have ours. They're like sitting in this like wall cabinet. And it's actually really interesting to go back and see how much of the information is actually quite dated. So yeah. Anyway, but at the library, we would have to search for books using an old wooden card catalog. So you obviously didn't have the internet to search for where things were. And when you would check a book out, like the librarians would have to remove this little card from the front cover to keep for themselves and write down the date that it was due back inside for us. Now, we would either hand write our reports or later you could use a typewriter. I think I was in year 12 when I started using a typewriter. And the teachers still used chalkboards and the worst sound in the world was now scraping down a chalkboard. Like if it was someone that was really naughty, like they'd go and they'd do it and it would drive everyone crazy. And the most exciting day at school was for me, I remember when the school purchased its first Apple computer. It was the year I started year six and there were like three massive block pieces of equipment that stood like prize jewels in a separate room and we would stare at them and they had this like fluoro green cursor like blinking in the middle of darkness and I feel like we all knew that they were special but we honestly had no idea what they could offer us at that point I think you could play space invaders but I don't think that the teachers even knew what they were doing it was you just had to have them but they weren't used in the way that they are nowadays so let's talk about the legal stuff in the 80s. We didn't wear helmets. We didn't wear knee pads or elbow pads. We didn't have booster seats. We wouldn't get into trouble if we forgot to put the seat belts on in our car. can't even tell you if it was legal or not. And sometimes if we went out late, my parents would let us sleep on the floor in the back of our van, and I think they made sure to put blankets in, like we'd roll around, but they'd they'd have brought the blankets because they knew that's where we were going to be sleeping. And the coolest thing was when your dad let you drive a car while you were sitting on his lap, like my parents let us do that, like the last two minutes of the journey, people could still smoke on live TV. You could actually smoke in a plane. People could smoke with kids in the car. You're not allowed to do that anymore in Australia. People could, in fact, smoke everywhere on the beach, in cafes, restaurants, nightclubs. Cigarettes were actually advertised everywhere and passive smoking wasn't really a thing yet. Real drugs, on the other hand, scared us because we were taught to say no. Now for parenting in the 80s, and obviously this is just my own personal experience, yours might have been different, but I just know that my parents didn't care if they went out late at night with us in tow. They never organized any babysitters for us. If we got tired, we came along anyway. And I remember they'd always like put these two or three chairs together and then they'd lie us down. That's where we had to sleep and they put a little jacket on top of us to keep us warm. So when they wanted to have fun, we had to go along. But at home, it was a different story. I had a strict 8.30 bedtime and there was no staying up late just because we felt like it parents didn't want to see their kids awake really late we'd often have to hide under the bed covers with a book and a flashlight that's what i had to do like if i couldn't go to sleep i still had to stay in bed and if we went out for the day our parents didn't pre-pack this big bag of food for us to snack on now i'm guilty of doing this as a parent or when my kids were little it's like i had to have the water bottles i had to have snacks my parents didn't they just expected that we weren't going to get hungry when we went out and i don't even know if they actually packed us a water bottle and yet we still survive I don't think anyone died of hunger or thirst while we were out on an outing with our family and i know for a fact that no one paid for a bottle of water back then like if it was freely available at home it wasn't a thing to have bottled water yet and so you just had to make do with what you had or you had a bubbler that you could use but that was it it was pretty simple now with technology there was no internet there certainly wasn't wi-fi we didn't have ipads mobile phones like back then the phones were still attached to the wall with cords, which meant that you couldn't move more than two meters away from the kitchen or living room. Like if you had more than one phone, that was a really cool thing. So I remember in one of my later houses, like we had more than one phone, but obviously what would happen then is that someone else could pick up the other line and just listen to your conversation. Or if you only had one phone, every conversation happened in the center of your house and your whole family had to listen in. So there was no call cool waiting until the later years. And if you called someone else's house and they were on a call, all you got was a busy, engaged signal. And I know, I'm sure this happened in every house around Australia. Teenagers would get blasted for staying too long on the phone, lest the family misses an all-important emergency call. Because if you had an emergency and you tried to call someone, if they were on the call, you couldn't get through. And that's why we felt like celebrating when cordless phones were invented later on, because you could walk around the house with your phone, you could hide in your bedroom. I don't know how far you got, I don't think it was too far, but you could definitely walk away from the kitchen or living room. And call waiting even better, as long as you didn't ignore that those little beeps. Now for the day-to-day stuff. So as I said before, shops were closed on Sundays. We walked everywhere where we caught a bus. The milkman still delivered the milk when I was little and mums would only go for groceries once a week. I know that we would top up on milk and bread like throughout the week at the local corner store. Like everyone had a little local corner store that you'd run and get extras. But pretty much just to survive on whatever was inside the house, it wasn't like they were going to go and splurge on something just because you had a craving or temptation. It's like you had to suck it up and just wait for, like, the weekend to arrive. My mom used to do her groceries on Friday, and I remember, like, once the chocolate bickies or whatever, like, once they were gone, they were gone. Like, you'd have to wait another week for the next batch to come. And it was also normal to send the kids down to the shops on their own to pick up extra milk and bread supplies. I remember milk costing 40 cents a bottle when I was 10. And if we were given 50 cents, we could like still buy heaps of lollies. You'd buy lollies for one cent a piece with the change. And they were treats. Chocolate and lollies were treats. Fast food and takeaway was definitely a treat as well. And everything was still cash. Like there were no credit cards yet. So a lot of parents, if you had something more expensive to buy, you had to put on layaway, but we call it lay vines Australia. And then every week you paid off bit by bit. And then you had to, once it was paid in full, you could take it away. But at the shops, Items still couldn't be scanned because there was no such thing as a barcode. Instead, the cashier had to actually manually type in the price that what the item sticker said. People still also had to manually wind down their windows in the car. Wine only came in cast. At least that's what I used to think happened. I never saw any wine bottles It came in a cast. And I also remember there weren't things like a house or car alarm. Like you had to have like an old-fashioned steering wheel lock. And you could still leave the house for the most part, like without even locking your front door. In the world, like we generally felt safe. I think because was there wasn't that internet to tell you all the things that were going on in the rest of the world. You sort of like were stuck in your bubble. And it felt like a really safe bubble to me at the time. Now, with friendships, if you wanted to go on a play date with your friend, parents didn't ever pre-book or pre-organize anything. You just walk over to the house. If they were home, that's it. You would have a play. We would ride our bikes everywhere throughout our neighborhood. And you still had to write letters to your friends and family members overseas because phone calls were still really expensive. Now, I had pen pals. I had two pen pals in the U.S., and I feel like I wrote every deep and dark secret to them. Not that the secrets were like, it was probably who I was having a teenage crush on. I think it was jump on Jovi Stell and You Kids on the Block. But you would pour your heart onto paper and it would take seven days to get to the other side of the globe. I remember like I would literally count seven days to get there and I'd give her two days to write back and then it would take seven days to come back to me. So I always had to wait like two and a half weeks before I could possibly receive a letter, a return letter. And it would definitely often be weeks before we got a reply. But we learnt the art of patience by visiting that empty mailbox every day after school. You just had to wait. I kept like wait another day if it wasn't there. And most of us kept diaries that we kept hidden under the mattress in our bed. I don't know why we all thought that was a really cool hiding place. Looking back, obviously it wasn't. Not very discreet at all. But for whatever reason, that's where we would hide them. And now for school holidays. So school holidays when you were young, like, and I know that my kids say that they don't feel the same way, but for me, they felt so long and they seemed to last forever. So in the school holidays, my parents would, if they went to work, we would stay home all day. We had to just make do and have our make up our own fun. Latchkey kids were the norm. And older kids often were expected to mind the younger siblings. So my parents didn't ever care whether we were bored. I don't think bored was a word that they consider an emotion that they worried about in us. They didn't feel compelled to organize play dates for us. And even if your mum was a stay at home mom, like my mum was a little bit later on, we still would play happily at home. There wasn't like this need to rush off every single day at nine o'clock to a fun park or the zoo or the play date or Jimbaroo or movies. It wasn't like that those things were considered to be a treat not a given so i think i went to the zoo once when i was a kid yes literally like just one time and in comparison my kids i think went over a dozen times every year when they would have an annual zoo pass because obviously parenting was different by the time i got to be a mom But even still, like I remember Luna Park, which is, I guess, the Australian, a Sydney version of Disneyland. I went there also only once, whereas my kids have been so many times that I can't even count. So I know it sounds like my kids are having way more fun than I ever had when I was growing up, but I didn't know any different, or most of us didn't know any different. Like if we went swimming during summer, our parents didn't even fuss about sunscreen or a hat. Like we'd come home sometimes red as lobsters. And it just happened to everyone. And sometimes my parents would like drop us off at the pool for the day and they wouldn't even stay, okay? I think that's pretty sure that's illegal now. Like I don't think you can leave a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old at the pool, at least not here in Australia. And when sunscreen finally became popular, I know it was SPF 8, not SPF 50+. Mums back then would actually use olive oil or reef oil. Like that's what they did. It was almost like they were frying themselves in the sun because it wasn't this idea of skin cancer yet that was obviously something that came to our attention later on now for the next category that i wanted to chat about which is music so if you wanted to listen to music back then you had to either turn on the radio or you would listen to your cassette collection unless you were a record vinyl girl there were no ipods there were no cds there was no spotify so you had to wait for the announcer to tell you what song an artist had just been played Sometimes they didn't say it and sometimes you'd work around going, Well, who sang that song that I liked? What was it even called? Our walks became our most prized possessions, even though they needed plenty of batteries to keep them running. And if you liked a song and didn't have the original cassette, you had to keep the radio on all day just to try and catch it again, just to hear what the song was. Because when we were little, like I remember a cassette single, which is just one song. I know that it cost five dollars when I started buying cassette singles. As opposed a cassette was $30, I think, and a cassette single was $5, which actually probably is pretty expensive when you think about the fact that that was like 30 years ago, but we would wait all day just to record like our one songs instead on the on the blank cassette so you didn't have to go and buy that song and then because they didn't always give you the lyrics like sometimes you're lucky enough to have an a cassette that had the lyrics but for the most part you had to like work those lyrics out for yourself like you'd have to play the song back really slowly a few seconds at a time and just write down the lyrics like your version like your guess and most of the time we got the lyrics wrong so when we were friends like we'd all be singing a different version of the same song Now, I know here in Sydney, there was a show called Rage, okay? It was like an early version of MTV. Here in Australia, it was Saturday morning, and then you had to wake up and find out what the top 40 songs were. And if a song was, like, considered to be too rude, like I remember Madonna's Justify My Love was one that was banned, um, and so it wouldn't be played. They'd just literally skip over it. And we would spend our afternoons just lying in our bedroom, listening to our favorite songs over and over again. Like that was a way to hang out with your friends. Sometimes you just listen to music and we had to rewind and fast forward cassettes to get to the next song. And we like be really excited if you did it at the exact right spot. And they still sold records when I was a young teen. And that was what made up our parents' entire music collection. And it really sucked if that little needle like skipped because that would mean that your record was scratched. And there was no magic solution to that. So all of us, like because of the amount of time we spent listening to music back then, I feel like it really imprinted on our minds like songs meant something then. And hearing them now still takes me back instantly to those good old days. Now for photos. It's my category. There was no such thing as a camera phone, a selfie, a selfie. We either had a Polaroid camera or the old fashioned sort that would still like it had a 24 or 36 photo film. Now developing films were ex- it was expensive, so we had to be really precious about which photos we took with the films that we bought. And we never knew what the photos would look like until we actually developed it weeks or months later. And the worst thing in the world was when you accidentally opened the camera up without rewinding the film because that you pretty much ruined the whole film in the process. And I think that we all did, it's like you had to keep it away from the sun. Like don't do that. If you haven't rewinded it, you sort of like messed it all up. Now for news and events. So back then there was no social media. You had no idea what your friends were up to on the weekends unless they told you in advance or told you later. You had no idea if you were missing out on something important. If it wasn't specifically shown on the news or written about in the newspaper, you're probably pretty much clueless about what was going on in the rest of the world. I remember kids being obsessed with the comic section of the newspaper and we'd collect comics back then like Archie and Betty Veronica were my favorite. I still have my collection. And I know that sometimes we felt like scared when we heard the word war because adults would talk about the Cold War as though a bomb could be dropped on us at any time. We believed what the newspaper and TV told us. We didn't really question it. There was no way to prove that the information was wrong. Wow. Can you believe it? I've been talking for 30 minutes just about my little summary of life in the 80s, but I'm going to really summarize it for you now. Otherwise, I could just talk forever. But I know that back then, books were still the best. I loved The Babysitter's Club, Sweet Dreams, Sweet Valley High. remember like you'd wait for the next book to come out. TV shows were also so cool. We loved The Grown Pains, Family Ties, Who's the Boss, Full House, The Cosby Show, The Golden Girls, Alf, Married with Children, Happy Days, The Facts of Life, and Different Strokes. I wrote down my favorite ones, and they stick out for me still. And then there was the music, which was so cool. Like we had Madonna, Cyndi Lauper Prince, Bon Jovi Wham, all the cool girl bands like the Bangles and Bananarama. Rama. We would wish for things like Reebok pumps, scrunchies, bubble skirts, hyper-color shirts. Clothing back then was still flammable, and sometimes it would catch a light if you stood too close to the gas heater or fireplace. I think that we all had a nightgown like that. Now, the fashion was definitely crazy, but I don't think that we cared how bad we looked. To the contrary, we probably thought we were the coolest things in the world with our fluoro colors and things. It just was so over the top. But all in all, I know I've been speaking about this for a while and you're probably wondering how in the world does this relate to anything to do with personal development and parenting? Well, I'm going to share with you what the 80s taught me. It taught me patience, perseverance, delayed gratification, creative problem solving, the skill of using our imagination and the fact that less is sometimes more. And finally, that the best things in life are sometimes truly free. So I hope that this episode inspires you to talk to your kids more about the way that you grew up. How was life different? Look at me. I've just noted 30 minutes worth of information about how life was different for me and all the cool things that I gained from those experiences. Now, I'm not saying that the 80s was better, but it was definitely different and it helped me become the person that I am today. So go ahead and share the stories of your childhood with your kids. Most of them are actually going to find it really interesting, which is why it's so good to document in this way. Now, I know that I found it really interesting just to listen to my own parents' stories of their life growing up and how different it was to mine. Like they didn't have electricity. I remember my dad said he got his first pair of shoes when he was 12. They didn't have toothbrushes when they were little. This is back in a little island village. But yeah, and they used to sleep on hay. There was no bed mattress or anything as fancy as that. So go back and have a conversation with your own parents about what life was like for them and share with your kids what life was like for you. And isn't it interesting to think that the childhood that your children are experiencing now that we might consider to be quite entitled and privileged, and they're so lucky, in the future, that's going to feel really old-fashioned for their kids. So if anything, I hope that I've inspired you to start a conversation with your kids about life growing up me, just sharing those stories with my kids reminded me why I am so patient because I had no choice but to be patient growing up. And it'll be interesting to see what you get from that experience, having that conversation with your kids about how your life was different from the way it is now. So take care as always. You know, I love and appreciate you all. I can't wait to catch you in the next one. Until then, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening.